Good afternoon and welcome. Welcome one, welcome all to another episode of How Betty Davis Saved My Life. Life lessons from classic Hollywood. I'm Moya. And I'm Georgia. And we are so happy to be with you guys again. Shout out to all our Facebook groups and uh, the people who follow us on um, YouTube. We have a lot of great videos. Check out our latest video um, about uh, women control men with this featuring uh, Jacqueline Smith in the 70s or Charlie's Angels time. But she was in a movie with, believe it or not, John Forsyth, and which is, like I say, so ironic because he was the voice that everybody knows, should know by now, of Charlie on the TV show. But yeah, they were in this movie called The Users. And um, so that's on our uh, How Betty Davis Saved My Life uh, Late to the Party. So check out that video. And we have a ton of videos. We have another video coming up featuring none other than Miss Joan Collins and her heyday. And it was... It was uh, a little bit before Dynasty, I believe. Um, or some, it was kind of in between. One movie was in between Dynasty and one was like a little bit before it. Um, some great movies and um, it's two of those Sins and Monte Carlo. So I think it was around, might have been around the time Dynasty was just starting. But anyway, and then um, same episode of Late to the Party. Georgia, did you see, and have you seen any of these movies? Because I, like I said, I was a kid back then, and I didn't have control of the TV, so I missed all these great 70s and 80s and 90s movie, t uh, TV movie miniseries. Have, did you see Sins or Monte Carlo with John Car with Joan Collins? Are those familiar to you? No, I didn't. Okay, so so Georgia will have to check those out. So those are really delicious movies, guys. If you love all that glam and... Uh, hair and makeup you know that we love from our hollywood stars check those out and then in the same episode of late to the party um rebecca de mornay an inconvenient woman now that's from the late 80s early 90s have you seen that one or heard of that one no uh-uh okay so um george that's another treat for you guys these are those good remember like i said those dallas good movies and those were those TV. Remember the TV miniseries was so good back then. <laughs> they so I, were. So I have a lot of catching up to do. So that one, um, the Joan Collins and Rebecca De Mornay, um, those movies, guys, though that will drop on the ninth. So that's our late to the party. Still on our same channel, How Betty Davis Saved My Life, but we have a, a separate show, and it's just me on there seeing those movies, and but. Up now we do have the Jacqueline Smith movie, The User. So check those out, and I have the links to those movies in the description box, I believe, for most most of those. So we do videos, guys. We do video. We try to get you all covered here on How Betty Davis Saved My Life, life lessons from classic Hollywood. So now, without further ado, Georgia, what is our movie for today? Blazing Saddles. I can't say it without laughing. <laughs> from 1974. So we run the spectrum here. We then went from 80s glam and glitz and you know hair and whatever women 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 running wild to the 70s blades and so we try to get everybody's attention here at How Betty Davis Saved My Life. So Georgia. For the 10 people. So, Georgia, you hadn't seen... No, you had seen this or you hadn't seen it. Oh, yeah. Okay, I yeah. I when it first came out. So, for like the 10 people left in America, 
and maybe even the world who has not seen Blazing Saddles. What in the world is Blazing Saddles? Okay, all right. I will tell you, this is a laugh riot. This is going to be one of the most uproarious, outrageous movies you will ever see. It is a spoof on Westerns, and believe it or not, when it was made, it was the... Uh, highest money making Western ever made what? when when it came out. I know it's shocking. Isn't it? It's unbelievable. Yes, it is. It's totally unbelievable. Um, this movie is uh, very uh, subversive. It's fearless. It's very freewheeling. It's all over the place. Mm -hmm. And and it was very groundbreaking at at the time that it came out. And I wanted to just start with a little bit, because you know me, I'm kind of a history nerd, a little bit of a historical perspective, so that you can really frame this movie for a lot of you that may not have been around in 1974. Um, the the subject of, of race relations had barely been touched on in movies, because this movie has a very strong anti-racism theme to it. Mm -hmm. um, and even though our country had recently been through uh, the civil rights movement, the Vietnam War, and, and all this great political and social upheaval, um, up to this point, uh, Sidney Poitier had been uh, the leading black movie actor for most of the 60s, and he had done in uh, the mid to late 70s in the heat of the night, which we're going to be doing soon. Yeah. Um, he, this had only been released seven years earlier before Blazing Saddles came out. Okay. And so, and so, black exploitation films were geared toward and found black audiences, and all of this set the stage for Blazing Saddles. Now, okay. If you, like Moya says, for the 10 of you have not seen the movie, but you will notice, okay, um, the the N-word is used 15 times and it's used <laughs> as a Georgia, did you count this or this is your research? <laughs> it's my research. I didn't count. I didn't Are you sitting up there? Anyone. I bet you count like one thing, two things. <laughs> I know, like, What right? is going on? <laughs> But there is a reason why the mo the movie has has this in there. It's uh, first of all, I have to say there were like five writers in this movie. It was a big free for all because yeah. that was the way like to write. And one of the writers was an outstanding comedian, Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah maybe you've heard of that heard of that person. Yeah, I know if you've never right. heard of Richard Pryor. But anyway, so both Richard Pryor and the star, Cleavon Little, both wanted the N-word to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. And they both said, no, you, you really need to have it in there because he wanted the bad people and the villains and the very, let's face it, not so bright white townsfolk to use the movie because it was there to illustrate a purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, now you can tell Richard's prior, his style and his voice right just like the way he appeared on stage they are very open and without any boundaries because that was the type of comedy he did and and especially when he talks about race and right. he very openly talked about it in, in his comedy routines he was laughing at the white people and the white people were laughing along with him right 
Um, now he also Richard Pryor also wrote a lot of the Jewish jokes in in there, and some mm-hmm. of the uh, Jewish people wrote some of the black jokes. Mm-hmm. So anyone could write anything. That was the spirit of Anything Goes when they were putting this movie together. Um, so this movie is satire. The target, like I said before, is racism. It breaks apart racial stereotypes. Right. It laughs along with the black hero, and they laugh at the white people who get in his way. Now, this movie, you will notice, it's not just black and white people. They are going to also go into all kinds of stereotypes. You've got Mexican banditos. You've got Chinese laborers wearing those straw cone hats. You've got Arabs riding camels. You've got um, Irish immigrants. You've got German Nazis. You've got Jewish. You've got Native Americans. Um, and he even goes like after women because the women are going to be either uh, seductive or they're just clutching their pearls. <laughs> and so this is one of the things that makes this movie very groundbreaking. And I'm going to go into life lessons later, but I just wanted to go ahead and set everybody up on the movie because before you know anybody says oh my gosh this is so offensive you have to remember that the reason for this movie is there is a message and the mess there so don't so don't lose sight of the message in the movie okay so without further ado okay let's go ahead and launch into the plot of the movie but i have to say there is just enough plot in this movie to support all the gags because it's just not up gags in the movie right. they're side gags just uh, one-liners and it's just so quotable and so you know you ha- you're laughing so hard and you can't eat popcorn in this movie because you're gonna oh, choke no. on it right right but um so we have uh this wonderful broadway actor who plays the lead role although they originally wanted to have uh richard pryor in it richard pryor up to this point had had um, some controversy because he had been uh, taking drugs and they had the studio had a problem with uh, insuring him and casting him because of the reliability factor. And so they went with Cleavon Little, who had um, a lot of experience on the stage. And I think I really like Cleavon Little in this role. Oh, yeah. Uh, he plays this very amiable and flappable uh, black railroad worker. Then you have Harvey Corman, and Harvey Corman is playing a character named Headley, not Hetty, but Headley Lamar, and he's a crooked politician, and he wants to build a railroad through the town of Rock Ridge, but in order to do that, he's got to get the townspeople out of the way. He wants to run them off, so what does he do? He's, he's, he's thinking he's going to hatch this brilliant plan of sending in the character uh, Bart to be the sheriff of the all-white town Rock Ridge because he figures they'll either kill him or they're just all going to abandon the town, leaving it all to him with the railroad coming through. be so worth so much. But um, so he comes up with all these schemes to uh, rid the town of all the people. But, but, um, but with Bart as the sheriff, boy, is he in for a big surprise. Everybody's in for a big surprise because yes. what do you see what Bart does? Yes. And so the movie takes off from there. Absolutely. And uh, and Gene Wilder is, you know, co-starring as well. And I, and I 
uh, I knew about Richard Pryor, who was supposed to be originally cast, but, uh, you know, thanks for um, putting that in and why he didn't make it into the film. But like I say, his stamp is all over it. Of course, Mel Brooks is in it. Uh, some, some of your favorite 70s and really back to the 60s, you know, some of your, just some of the best comedic actors, Dom DeLuise. So nobody is safe. This movie, the only thing I found offensive about this movie, Georgia, is that some people will find it offensive, you know, because it was an equal opportunity offender. It, it, um, clowned homosexuals, like nobody was safe. And before we did this movie, you know, I was like, man, because I hadn't seen it in a while. And I was like, man, I asked you, I said, do you think they could do Blazing Saddles today? And I can't remember what you said. And and I, and I so Georgia's shaking her head like, no. And I was like, no. well, I think, naively, because like I said, I hadn't seen it in a while. I was like, naively, I said, or ignorantly, I said, well, yeah, I think they could do it, you know. But it would not be the same. They would do it, but like everything else, it would just it would just be horrible. It would be horrible. I think they would sanitize it, you know, like the scene with the gay men, which is hilarious. They, they, I don't think they would be able to do that. Yeah, but right. Um, I I did find one part that I had a little bit of trouble with. I thought it was kind of showed a little bit of bias towards religion, and to me, you know, in what way? Yeah, that, well, they would. You know, they like they held the Bible up and they shot the hole oh. and then everybody in the church and they're kind of cussing in the church. Oh yeah, and they're just kind of, okay. <laughs> and they're just just a few little things about they were trying to tell him to like shut up. We don't want to hear your prayer. Yeah. <laughs> they're kind of a few little things along, you know, dotted here and there. Yeah, you know. I mean, it was it was look, I I agree. It was blasph it was blasphemous. But like I said, if you go into if you look at Blazing Saddles, well back then nobody see that's that's what's so crazy about what's going on in America today with the wokeness and this fake outrage. Back then in 74, I was I was literally a baby. I was just born. Um, depending on what month it came out. But I mean, obviously I grew up in the 80s, like no one cared. No one I I remember, George, I'm glad you brought that up. I watched Blazing Saddles with my parents, cracking up. Watched it with friends, and I was, you know, we're all black. Nobody got up and said, This is an MF. What is this? BS? We were dead. Everybody was, it was so funny. And so, even though, like you're saying, the blasphemous possible towards Christianity, I can respect an equal opportunity offender. I can too, because, you know, I've watched this movie with other, you know, white people and they don't have any problem with it at all like yeah, yeah you're you know but i mean everybody is the butt of the joke and right. so it, 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 but you know like i just think it's just i'm too busy laughing to be right. offended <laughs> i can't i just cannot right because i mean yeah i mean you look more at the message of it so oh my god it's just so there were so many things that had never been done in a movie before yeah. quite like this it was mm -hmm. just it was off the charts and so outrageous. Right. And, um, and you know, that, but that was Mel Brooks style. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so, and he put together such a great bunch of people in this movie. Oh, I mean, man. he, he captured lightning in a bottle. He as sure far did. As you know, he did have full creative control, you know, studio executives came over to him and they said <laughs> to him, you've got to drop this, 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 and this scene. And he just would go, mm, you know, and then guess what he did? He kept everything in there. Good for him. Good for him. In his contract, it said full creative 
control. Beautiful, beautiful. And I was wondering how he was able to get this done. And besides him had always been in entertainment, writing and whatever. But I was like, okay, on the strength of the producers, because the producers in the 60s had been a hit. So, yeah, I believe that might have been his first movie. And so then he, I think he was Blazing Saddles next or whatever. But anyway, he, Mel Brooks was making hits. So he was able to have that type of cachet and control. So good for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this movie is not as polished as his the one he came out with later the same year, Young Frankenstein, yeah. which is a hilarious movie. So that's a I've never on... seen that, so I'm one of the two oh, ten people god, in the world. That is... Oh, my God. I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never seen oh, the whole oh. thing. So, okay, I, I gotta, we got to do Young Frankenstein. Oh, my gosh. Young Frankenstein, yeah, it, it's like... It, it's more cohesive and it's more mm -hmm. polished, but mm -hmm. it, it, yes, it is hilarious. It is, but oh my gosh, this oh, this movie. But what one of the things that a lot of people don't know when they watch his movies is because I I I know how to speak German. Um, I also understand some Yiddish. Okay, and so I have to tell you something about the character Lily von Stupp. <laughs> the word the word Stupp because he gets away with the, her last name. Yes, that word. I'll translate it for you. It means to push or to stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I got it, it. it means it means to have sex. Yeah, that's what it means. Yeah, in Yiddish. Yeah, <laughs> and so like when you hear Yiddish people say, you know, that person stup that so yeah, you know, what, that's what we're talking about. But anyway, but I didn't know that when I saw it. But I'll, uh -huh. I'll also explain a little bit later if we do. Um, Young Frankenstein I'll explain to you the meaning of. Frau Blucher. Oh, <laughs> I'll explain no. that to you later. That's another <laughs> for another time. But anyway, so one of the thing that's so funny about the casting is they also at one point had considered John Wayne, but John Wayne turned it down because he felt it was just a little too racy and it might even he was afraid for his career. Oh. And so, but he said he'd be the first one in line to see it. Okay. He cool. said the script sounds hilarious. They also wanted Johnny Carson to play, you know, the sidekick, mm. but he also, he, he turned it down. Mm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I also want to tell people the scene where the horse gets punched in the oh, face. So funny. When the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my God. You know, but oh, the thing it, is, it is they me. use a fake horse, people. So if you're, like work, they do use a fake horse. I just want to let you know they do. I I just assume that horse was one of the best acting horses, and he they they he was like a stunt horse, and what Alex Karras pulled his punches, and the horse was just a stunt, well trained actor. He went to the horse, the Equine University of Acting, and just was perfect. That's that's what I assumed. I'm not because I was like, how they got that horse to to uh, stunt like that. But see, again, everybody, so if you're Peter, ah, he punched the freaking horse. <laughs> I know, you know, right? I love that. This this movie and The Palm Broker, we've done The Palm Broker. Go back and check our episode on The Palm Broker. It, this is the, it's the cure to race relations. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, and because he is showing how stupid racism is, I think that's what makes the movie so groundbreaking mm -hmm. and so great. All at the same time but you know i have to say though you you really can't apply in so many of these movies that moy and i review you can't really apply contemporary standards to works done decades and and a, a long time ago because it, it, people looked at everything through a different lens so right. you have to just you know realize that when you're watching 
movies and look at it for the time that it was done, you know, because some people would have problem with Mel Brooks and red face even, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, and he wasn't trying to, to demean, you know, no. native Americans when trying to do that at all. So, you know, just so as long as y'all kind of keep that in mind, you will just full out all the stops laugh your head off while you're watching well you have to want to be and i'm glad we saw it for two we saw it on tubi for free there there were a few ads so check it out on tubi but georgia you have to want to be offended like you have to be a person who looks all the time to be offended or or you're something's mentally wrong with you you didn't take your meds that day or whatever because just on his face it's there's nothing it's hilarious it's funny because like i said as soon as they get finished giving one group of people a business they're going to give it to somebody else and so it's <laughs> and it's funny like i'm a, i'm offended when you try to go after somebody or make it and it's not funny okay it's not funny and it's not done maliciously it is a joke it's a comedy oh my god yes it, it's <laughs> yes they just skewer everybody in this movie and some of this stuff that it's just a free-for-all right okay? it's a free-for-all it, it's uh, it's a little bit looney tunes especially yeah. towards the end it yeah just goes it, off, is. Right? it just goes berserk. yeah he have even not. cleveland they even use looney tunes music because this is a warner brothers joint and so, um, and then it breaks the what do they call it, the third wall? Like they talk to the audience. Fourth then wall. it breaks the, the which what which wall is it? I think they call it the fourth wall. Okay, I yeah, think. the fourth wall. One of them walls they break the wall. Then they break another, maybe the fifth wall, because then the movie goes insane. It goes off. It literally goes off the the film. Uh, the storyline comes into contemporary times, then goes back to. So it is all over the place, but it works beautifully it is it, blazing saddles is a masterpiece of comedy of, just a, a movie it's a black masterpiece it is and you know this time around i enjoyed cleavon little's performance even more because to me he's half kind of like cool like shaft mm-hmm. but half of him is kind of like bugs bunny yeah he's kind of mischievous and right. charming right all at the same time Right. And so I thought, oh my gosh. And then with Gene Wilder in this, you know, yes. playing the Waco kid, that you know, his, so his sidekick. Right. But, you know, I thought it made me think about other buddy movies where you have yeah. like um, maybe uh, a black and a white person right. together, you know, like in the Defiant ones. Yeah. And then I was thinking about some of these other movies, like in the heat of the night, you have a black and a white person right. who team up together. Right. right. And, and so I was just kind of wondering if, you know, there was something, you know, that had was kind of developing here mm-hmm. um, in the whole buddy movie thing. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> Richard Pryor and, you know, eventually Gene Pryor, Gene Pryor, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder did hook up on Silver Streak and um, a whole bunch of movies. They, I mean, they did, a, and, and they were very successful movies, you know. So, yeah, so they kind of kept that thing. black and white John, uh, buddy movie took it to the to the hill, you know, to the heights. And it was like I said, those movies, if you ever see Silver Streak and um oh gosh, the other ones are escaping my mind. Let us know in the comments on our Facebook page, um, the other movies. But and, and it's it, and they were equals. They were equals, especially yes. in Blazing Saddles, cause I, I, I cause I hadn't seen it in a while. And as never did Gene Wilder become the star. It was Cleavon's mm-hmm. Littles. He yeah. was the main protagonist he was the star 
of of that movie even though this i think was his like first leading role and gene wilder had done had done the producers and such but they were equal and it was and it was like i said brilliant Oh, Moya, I, I love the way that the two played off of each other. Right. But, you know, I was like sitting down as I was watching. I thought, what other movies did I see during that, uh, shortly after that, that kind of did the same thing? Because I was thinking there was 48 Hours, there was Lethal Weapon, okay, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Yes, Remember Beverly that's Cop? right. You know, all those movies, they had a black and white buddy team that's together. Right. That's right. And I was thinking that they were spawned after this movie. So right. who knows if that was or not but i just thought that started to become kind of a thing that was going on Absolutely. you know where the two, you know yeah they're both equal equal buddies but anyway because i was thinking oh yeah what other buddy movies i'd seen before that i was just thinking nah if you think of like being crosby and bob hope not really it, it's not the same thing no it's not the a, same a thing in a white character so right. i don't know i my mind was just kind of i was taking notes and whatever and then, thinking about it and if they did it again today it would be so so much about race 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 and you know in cleveland i'm a black man i'm a black man you're a white man you 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 know uh you responsible for all my ill it was it was not even an issue they they the race it was a joke they the the like i said the townspeople the butt of the joke or they were in on the joke so it was it was like i said it wasn't malicious it wasn't to keep a certain race down or in check and like i said it was beautiful oh gosh yeah oh it was it was just full-out fun mm -hmm. and i just thought you know I, in a way i felt like i was watching a live action looney tune thing because he sends in like one thing he tries it doesn't work then he tries another thing right. and then another thing and then finally you know he's dealing with like a horde of desperados and outlaws <laughs> you know and, and he and, and the two of them buddy i mean it's just just oh my god and of course you know i was having to say you know cowboys if you're eating a steady diet of nothing but beans and coffee <laughs> things gonna happen. you know what's gonna happen so guys yeah, like yeah. <laughs> nothing was off limits bathroom jokes I mean, and Madeline Kahn, and so I, what I got out of it too, even though this was seven, this was post civil rights movement. For for them to show the black man and the white woman, you know, being sexual, and it wasn't nothing pornographic. It didn't show them in bed or anything like no. that. But you know, you you knew what was gonna happen, and then the jokes, a lot, of, like I said, a lot of bathroom humor and stuff like that. Um, so that was groundbreaking. To, for that time to show the black man with the with the with the, with the white woman you know like that even though she was the the whore the town whore whatever you want to call it but it didn't matter she was still a white woman so i thought that was you know like i say kudos to mel brooks and i, I would have loved to have seen a pitch for blazing saddles and how he's like look we're just gonna put it out here you know and then he and then he was so smart to get richard Pryor to help write that movie you know thinking richard was gonna be on that movie but yeah, I mean, just guys, like I said, if you if you you have to want to be offended, you have to go and look to keep yourself enraged, to look at Blazing Saddles and not enjoy it. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and and the stuff that they say in this movie, it's not to be taken seriously. No. You have to remember that. No. But the thing is, is you can't correct a problem unless you bring it out and you lay yes. it on the table. Yeah, that's what this movie does. Yeah, and you know, I I just uh, to say that. Um, you know, right now, 
you know, we're in such a stage, I feel, of like there's a lot of social uneasiness, you know, what with the media that we're hearing. And so, I, I you know, I sometimes I feel like, you know, we're pushed uh, to take a side on issues, you right. know, like everything is either right or left or right. black or white. Or yes. Down. And the implication being that uh, you don't take if you don't take the appropriate position on issues and somehow you're labeled as a type of fascist or a bigot or a misogynist or yes. whatever you know? yes and so i'm saying that if you can't laugh at yourself and your own shortcomings then you can't really laugh at other people so yes. i think what we all have to do is we have to embrace our own weaknesses and laugh at them and then you can appreciate um the the fun and the message that this movie offers yes. and so um so in this world of like there's cancel culture i think this this is like all the more important we need this movie now more than ever absolutely and, uh so so if you want some sheer comedic i mean this is lunacy <laughs> and if you need some cheering up this is the movie oh, if absolutely. you really feel like oh i just need something to make me laugh and to right. just get away from everything this is this movie is such escape and it's yes. just yeah, it's 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 silliness, but silliness. Yeah. But 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 with a real, you know, it's just it's. But there's a meaning behind absolutely. it. Absolutely. And like uh, this is like. Bad. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And it's like if you like airplane and all those type of movies, Blazing Saddles, and it's in the same vein, except for the racial component of it and the controversial that attack that attack uh, tackles. And to your point, Georgia, what you're saying about people getting canceled and all this type of stuff, I mean, just like we just did a, 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 a fistful of dollars, to me, the main, one of the main lessons, life lessons, if you will, if we are divided, meaning we as a country, like the, the townspeople, if you are divided and you let outside factors influence you and prey upon your prejudices they're going to come in and divide and conquer that's what happened in a fist full of dollars they took advantage of those two warring factions and came up the middle and tore that town apart okay the two main and who lost the people lost the area lost it was desolate and that's what was going to happen on blazing saddles they were gonna let this out and and what i loved about it showed the government like i said nobody was safe it was funny but it was true at the same time like i said shout out to mel brooks and the rest of the crew because when he showed the government i was like okay we living in this right now the, the who was the uh the governor of the <laughs> of the town or, or the mayor whoever he was mel brooks the man i think yes. he's the governor i was like this is what we living in right now you have a total and i don't care you can cancel me i don't care Open your eyes. You have someone not qualified, whether you like them or not, that obviously doesn't know what they're doing. And obviously somebody else is running the show and they're tearing us apart. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. You got to open your eyes and say, wait a minute, what is going on here? This person appears not to have any idea what's going on and is just a clown. And here you have Hedley Lamar, Harvey Corman's. He's running the show, and you have the board of yes men. So I laugh because nothing has changed. This is how government has been run and is running now. And they're dividing us. They're bringing out, they're brought in the outside desperados and the hitters. 
to destroy the town and get rid of so we need to stop letting these outside people and these these uh divide us even the inside it was an outside job and an inside job on um blazing saddle so we wake up and stop being used and so georgia i'm gonna let you have the last word because like i said it is a hilarious movie but it was very very poignant Oh, boy, that's a really nice way to frame this movie. But I, so if you really want to have a rollicking fun time, <laughs> I say, please check out Mel Brooks's other movies, The Producers, which I'm really, I cannot wait to see The Producers also see Young Frankenstein. Um, I didn't care quite as much for, I didn't, think Spaceballs, no, was Spaceballs some of his, wasn't a hit. It was for me. Yeah. yeah and the for me. world or whatever. What was but it? High anxiety. Yeah, was high anxiety good. was great. It was good. Yeah. But is uh but did Blazing Saddles actually get nominated for Academy Awards? I have to say three of them. I for um Madeline Kahn and Best Supporting Actress, believe it or <laughs> she not. She deserved it. She deserved it. Was it was brilliant because she did a takeoff on Marlena Dietrich. I'm uh, tired. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see that. And um, I, I'm just like, God, that that's she was hilarious. And then um, what else was I going to say? Um, oh, so you want to check out uh, this movie. And as far as I, is it one of the most hilarious movies you ever see? I'm going to say, it's two. It's two. <laughs> it sounded to me like a cross between a German and Elmer Fudd. Yes. <laughs> yes. God. Yes. And and look, all I have to say, I mean, like you said, Georgia, just check this movie out. If you need a good laugh, definitely, definitely, it will more than suffice. Blazing Sound. So what is our next movie? Our next movie is going to be a foreign film. We're going to do Cinema Paradiso. It's an Italian movie. Oh, my god! I'm looking forward to this one. Well, so am I. And all I have to say, where all the white women at? <laughs> I, I can't. That always makes me laugh my head off. And look, turn your brain off. When you're looking at, leave half of your brain on. Let, leave some of it on because, like I said, it's very poignant. It, it is it, there. There is a message in the laughter, definitely. But you guys take care. We will see you next time. Blazing Saddles, free on Tubi. We will be look, doing Cinema Paradiso. Check us out on Facebook, How Betty Davis Saved My Life, Life Lessons for Classic Hollywood, and check us out on YouTube. All right, guys. See you next time.